Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Oh, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. My guest is my friend, Paul Xavier. He does a lot of things, but he's the founder of contentcreator.com and contentcreatortemplates.com. He's helping people master content creation skills and build seven-figure companies as content creators. So cool story. He's been an entrepreneur for a while, also does some real estate stuff, which we get into a little bit. He's doing car washes and some different things. But on the content side, um, we dive a lot into how they've developed that business, how he partners with people that are passionate about a subject and maybe want to teach it and create the content around it, but don't necessarily have the skill set for all of the backend infrastructure, all of the scaffolding and the marketing and all the, the non-content pieces that need to happen to create a sustainable business model. So just endlessly fascinating because with this content model, you've got you know infinite delivery and it's very leveraged in that you're creating content and then and then that can be delivered, you know, globally for basically nothing and create revenue streams by delivering value to people that way. So um interesting, interesting conversation, not the most multifamily real estate focused conversation, but I think it was kind of a refreshing change there just to hear another entrepreneur success story. And they've been extremely successful with their business, fully remote company. So I always like to just kind of dig in and understand what makes entrepreneurs tick and what, um, how they structure their businesses, the challenges, the upsides, what's working for them, what's not. So got to do a lot of that with Paul. I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to have a couple of um, reads here from our sponsors, and then we'll get into the show. Before we transition there, if you would leave a five-star review for the DJE podcast, that really, really helps with the reach of the show. And I would thank you for doing that if you're inclined. Thanks so much. So let's get into uh, a couple of sponsor updates and then the episode with Paul. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas-based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. DJE's been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit djetexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode is also brought to you by ApartmentEducators.com, a complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at ApartmentEducators.com or visit the link in the notes. Paul, thanks for coming on the show. Good to see you. How are you, man? I'm doing great, brother. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to catch up again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. We uh, were talking earlier, we talk a lot about real estate on the show. And I know you do real estate, but you've also got um, kind of your main business, uh, contentcreator.com. So I'm very excited to kind of talk about that. I think any any business now needs to be putting out some kind of content. But before we get into all that stuff, how about some background on you? What you know? What's your background? How, how'd you get into being an entrepreneur and uh, all that kind of good stuff for folks that haven't met you? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Maryland um, and uh, uh, didn't have an entrepreneurship upbringing. My dad's mm -hmm. a mailman. My mom is a hippie. 
Um, and uh, uh, I got into real estate, um, well, not real estate, entrepreneurship because of my best friend's father being an entrepreneur. He had a government contracting firm. He hired me out of high school. It was like my only real opportunity other than the military. I didn't get good grades in school and so on. And so he was like, hey, come work for me. You can work on the back end, read these books, learn how to code a website, and you have a job. And so I did that. And um, I got to work behind the scenes on the government contracting firm and really see how a business operated, the systems behind it, um, the types of decisions that business owners had to make, financials behind the business, so on. And so uh, four years into that, he sold the company and said, Paul, you should go be an entrepreneur. You shouldn't stay here and work at W2 for the rest of your life. You've, you've got the energy and the spark and you're young. You would regret it if you don't do it. And so mm -hmm. went out on my own, became a freelance, basically content creator, but I didn't have that title at the time. I was mostly doing websites or some form of uh, you know video for people and just trying to help them grow their businesses as a freelancer. And did that for a number of years, kind of flopped at it, wasn't very successful, had roller coaster income. One client came, comes one month, I make a bunch of money. The next two months, I got nothing coming in. And uh, then I learned the business systems on how to stabilize that and actually build it to uh, build a, basically a, a video agency of sorts to about a half a million dollars a year, specializing in auto dealerships. And hmm. so that was my fun first real success as a business owner, learned all the specifics of niching down, building systems, building processes around getting that client, uh, attracting those clients to you, closing them, and then delivering value to them in a, in a leveraged fashion where it's not going to take up all of my time. Um, so that was a fun little learning experience. And then I decided, hey, man, I don't like auto dealerships. Let me do something different. Huh. And um, that's when I got into education, started teaching filmmakers how to build successful video agencies as my first uh, real education company, we called it Next Level Creators. And within our first uh, two months of launching that business, we were doing roughly $100,000 a month on that company. And I was like, wow, Excellent. there's something to this education business model. And yeah, profit, profit margins, you know, you're looking at 80% profit margins on this thing. And you're like, this is life-changing for, especially for a kid like me who'd never seen that type of, um, I'd seen it in the other business I worked a part of, but I'd never seen it in my own pocket as something yeah. I had been a part of like, this is for me. Like I'm doing the work and I'm making the money and I'm keeping it now. So that was really exciting for me. And um, then uh, that's transpired and transitioned and, and shaped into what is now my online education business called contentcreator.com, which I have some amazing partners, uh, best friends really that I get to work with every day. And that's a lifestyle business for me now more than anything. It produces a tremendous amount of cash flow for us, um, pays our bills 10, 100 times over, which is great, and uh, produces some income that we can go invest. Uh, it's really like the, I, I love it, it's the Warren Buffett model. Like go get a Geico that produces a bunch of cash and then start putting that cash in places for yourself to grow over time. Is that's where I'm at with it now. Contactcreator.com is really my, uh, my cash engine. And then I go and invest in real estate on the side. I love it, man. Thanks for what I'm sure is a very condensed version of that story, but um, <laughs> awesome story arc there. And yeah, it, it does kind of end up in real estate, you either kind of make it in real estate or you end up putting it in real estate in one, one way, shape or another. Um, so congratulations on that. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't without its challenges, Obviously, in, in retrospect, then it's such a condensed version. It sounds amazing. I'm sure there's plenty of 
bruises and scrapes along the way, but what does your day look like now? Uh, and I'm always curious too, cause I, I kind of think about this a lot, you know, not necessarily you want to sip on, sit on the beach all day, drink a pina colada. Maybe it is. Um, it's not for me. How do you like to structure your day now that you kind of have that freedom to, to do so or your week, I guess. Yeah. I, I find that for me, um, the bit, I enjoy working alongside someone who is really smart and really passionate at something. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is not necessarily like in business. I've really learned this about myself. I'm a really good, um, if you're familiar with traction, I'm a great integrator. Big fan. I am, okay. I'm you're a, the integrator. I'm a, I'm a fantastic visionary, a fantastic integrator. But as far as like the person who's out there running the marketing department be, and in the education business, you need what's called a brand ambassador is what I would call them. Yeah. And I work alongside the most passionate brand ambassadors just on the face of the earth, guys who love what they do, what they teach. And I get to be a visionary for them because I understand the business models of education, how to leverage them. Um, and I get to be an integrator in terms of the systems and how to design the systems and set them up and structure them and work alongside those people to get make their lives easier so we can run a successful company. And so um, I've done that in the education business world. And I probably do that about 20 hours a week now. Um, cool. Uh, then on the real estate and investing side, um, I have found a huge passion for numbers and underwriting deals and kind of finding finding what is a good investment. Um, the thing I have not found yet is the elusive passive investing uh, allure that everybody has told me and, and, yeah. and tried to convince me of. I've only had it once by investing in a fund and that was great. But other than that, for getting like great returns actively in it's just not passive whatsoever. Only as um, an LP, otherwise it doesn't <laughs> exist. Exactly. As an LP, it can totally exist, but that's different, right? It's very different. And you have to do the active part of vetting your GP in that instance. hundred so percent. You still have that work to be done. Um, but overall, I, I'm right now I spend, you know, probably 50 to 60 hours a week still working on my companies, um, uh, buying real estate and uh, helping my friends who work. So anyone who works at contentcreator.com, I'm basically investing their money or my money uh, into cool. deals together. So we're, we're just teaming up, having fun together, you know, living life. I love it, man. Where are you guys based? I live in Asheville, North Carolina. We are a remote company, okay. um, but uh, I'm in Asheville. We have a couple guys here in Asheville, but mostly it's, uh, it's kind of scattered all over the U.S. I got you. And you guys just run on like Slack or Teams or something and Slack and Zoom, man, all day, yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So like, were you guys up and running when COVID hit and everybody was like sent to work from home or we, funny enough, uh, but there's a funny arc story here, which is just complete luck in yep. January of 2020. I had the, me and my business partner, Anthony, were in a conference room doing a mastermind session together. And, um, we came up with this idea. We're like, what if we put out the first ever speed learning filmmaking program? We called it 14 day filmmaker. And so we're like, all right, cool. We had this idea, probably January, February timeframe. And of, we didn't- 2020? Move, of 2020. Yep. We didn't move on it and actually like start putting together the marketing until, you know, right towards the end of February. And then we launched it and pow, the lockdown happens and stay at home for two weeks. And our course come is on. called 14 Day Filmmaker. It, <laughs> could, not, <Come> on. <laughs> it could not have been- um, uh, unfortunate life circumstance for the world, but yeah. great marketing prop for us 
uh, just turned out well. That's awesome, man. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. Look, sometimes we, we get lucky and, um, so, you know, sometimes not, but take it where you can get it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So you guys have built since day one, a remote company. Yeah. It's always been remote. Um, my first ever team member, uh, was remote. He lives multiple States away from me. And today we've got a, a team of virtual assistants, uh, across the seas that work with us every day. Um, so yeah, well, I, I'm a huge fan of remote work, but there's I'm also a huge fan of in-person work, depending upon what that thing is. So like, sure, I bring my my core team to me a couple times a year at nice. least because yeah, I'm a big fan of extremism. Um, I love extreme work. So if I can get my guys and, and my and, and my team, my friends over, we can sit down for a week of nothing but like. You got food in the fridge, you got your gym, and then you're working all day, every day. That's that's my cup of tea. Yeah. No, I love it. You can you can move mountains with focus, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so what's the team look like today? Like how how big is it? Who's doing what? Leaders on the team, I would say just like uh basically um you could call them CEOs of their own product line. I have cool. four of those at the moment okay. who are the CEOs and, and they would, they would be the brand ambassadors we were talking about earlier. Um, then I'm mostly the, uh, uh, the backend guy. And then beyond that contractors, W2 employees were, were probably around 15. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Some, some folks overseas too, or is it all? Yeah. That, that includes overseas VAs and so on. Yeah. It's amazing the global team that you can build now and, and this global talent pool and some of these tools that we can use. It's, it's amazing. Um, remember when One COVID hit talking to a couple of people like, oh, I don't have access to that file. It, and I'm like, how could you work at this giant brokerage or whatever? It's like, you guys are in for a rude awakening here. Like all these small nimble companies that are fully digital are just miles ahead of of uh, you guys. So interesting, but I kind of caught the rest of the world up with that stuff, right? It did for sure. Yeah. I mean, it kind of made people go back to the grassroots of, well, we don't have this online and in the cloud and accessible and, and organized. Um, you know, you don't have it. Yep. You're left behind. Yep. Um, one of the things I like now is our team is pretty much everybody on our team has uh, one tool per quarter that we're trying to incorporate into the business. That's an artificial intelligence tool to help them speed up their workflow in some way, cool. shape, or form. Cool. Yeah. So like our our support staff is working with support artificial intelligence. Our brand ambassadors are working with artificial intelligence to help them create better content faster. Uh, it's just every every you know. One person can be worth three people now if they learn how to use the right tools and develop a, the skill of using these tools that are now available to us as well. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, we're in real estate and we've done some, you know, light contracts, some, you know, I wouldn't say full-blown legal work, but everything from press releases to processes, um, you go on and on. We talk about that all day, but it's it's pretty cool to kind of see that. We had a scope of work for a project that one of our construction managers was like, yeah, you told us about chat GPT. We threw it in here. This probably would take me two hours. And, and it came out 99% baked and I tweaked it. And it's like, yeah, that saved yeah. you three hours, man. It's crazy. Multiply that across, <laughs> you know, all these projects and it's it's something else. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. I mean, it, it's saving us so much time is the biggest thing. I just look at artificial intelligence as a 
hey, how can you how can you take what used to take three hours and turn it into 30 minutes or less? And yep. um, we're seeing that happen, but there's a proficiency curve to everything, right? Every new tool requires a level of skill and proficiency using it to get a, a, a quality output. Yep. And um, most people just, a lot of people look at it and say, ah, it'll never be relevant in my industry. And it's like, well, it, it won't be for you, uh, right. but it will be for the person who's willing to take a little bit of time and learn how to use it to, to uh, speed up a part of their workflow a part of their job. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's cool. Yeah, no, I love it, man. It's, um, it is. And of course there's a little bit of learning curves there, but it's almost like magic. My goodness. It's not, it's not that hard to learn. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It's not overly hard to learn. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. I love it. So, um, I'm curious with the, with the brand ambassadors. So I think that's an interesting model. I, I love the traction model. That was kind of how we grew our company and our company's old school. It's funny. I used to work in, in software and tech for my day job. And now I work with like 1980s apartment buildings and ranches. It's like the most simple. I catch up with old tech friends and they're talking about stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm dealing with like two by fours, drywall ranches and cows and a lot of <laughs> investor capital, you know, coming in and out of these things, but it's like a very simple business model. But I, I, we did implement that, you know, the traction model where I'm the visionary and to grow our company to, you know, whatever 80 employees, um, we have the integrator within the company. And, you know, so I'm a fan of that, but it seems like, you know, are your, are your guys that you're partnering with like around a specific niche? So you've got, you know, uh, some guy that's passionate about X and then you're building the scaffolding and machine around yes. them to be able to kind of deliver that message and, and product. Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly right. So, you know, um, it's, it's basically like, instead of, instead of you going and hiring an agency to help you build a course business for yourself, it's, I recognize someone's got the proclivity and the skill set and the, the passion around a specific topic that fits into our brand contentcreator.com and say, okay, well, this guy's got something great here, but he doesn't have any knowledge on course businesses, right? right. And so I can, I can make that person a, a level 1000 as far as the course business knowledge, systems, infrastructure, team, all of it that's needed to run that successfully. But I don't have what he has or she has, which is that sure. expertise and knowledge and that, that key domain and a desire to go out and teach it in the best way possible. And so that's where we kind of partner up. And, and uh, instead of it just being an agency relationship where, you know, passionate person's paying an agency and that's it. It's more just, hey, business partnership. Let's, uh, let's split this off net profit and, and have some fun. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's very complimentary, which the best partnerships are. Oh yeah, so. it's a huge win-win. Uh, it's a huge win-win-win because otherwise, most likely, that course doesn't actually get in front of the people who want it want yep. it in the first place, right? So, uh, yeah, it's a it works out for everyone at the end of the day. That's awesome. So, how do you? And then you have a product too, right? Obviously, if you're working very closely with these folks, they're business partners. You have a handful of those. You're probably not going to scale that to fifteen hundred of these relationships, but you do have you know, a product that you sell that's a little easier to deliver right around content creation or what, you know, what is kind of the product suite at contentcreator.com? Yeah. So we've got a number of things. Um, right now, one of our main sellers, a uh, few thousand units a month will do on 14 day filmmaker, which is a startup program teaching someone how to, uh, 
uh, basically shoot and edit professional videos with a smartphone, a DSLR camera in just 14 days time. So it is the fastest film school and it's only $48. And so awesome. um, it's a starter program for anybody, whether you're a kid who wants to start a YouTube channel, um, you know, someone start trying to learn how to create uh, social media ads for their business that's been around forever. Um, literally any form of content creation or, or desire to create great content, you can learn how to do it in a 14 day time frame, which is, you know, comparative to film school and what used to exist or comparative to YouTube, where it's like, you kind of just go into a sea of unorganized, oh, yeah. just confusing videos where people are probably trying to sell you a camera versus teach you something. Sure. It, it makes a huge difference. Um, so that's a fun program that we created. We love that one. And then behind that, we have the business models behind content creation. So once you go through and learn the skill set that 14 day filmmaker will teach you, we have a variety of different business models from building a video agency and scaling that to, you know, uh, multiple six figures a year, relatively leveraged, you know, you got some good passive income coming in where you're just creating content for a set number of clients. Um, that's a fantastic business model or doing course creation where you, you know, you're copying what we do for yourself, building a seven figure empire of some sort or eight figure empire, essentially, you know, creating courses and, and selling them and doing mastermind groups and group coaching programs. Uh, so we have both of those right now. We're going to be releasing some new business models, but I can't talk about them until they're ready to be sold. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This concept of being leveraged, um, it, it's just so powerful that the, you know, Peter, Peter Diamandis talks about digitization, democratization, and, and demonetization, right? You're kind of compressing mm -hmm. all these things that used to be extremely capital intensive, like a classroom or some other thing where now, you know, shipping paper or shipping physical products. And now you, the delivery of so many things is so good digitally. And it, you know, one incremental product unit sold is zero additional costs. It's just, it's such a powerful business model. And then you're kind of getting into like the software company territory in terms of margins and stuff, which as a business person gets, gets pretty exciting when you're talking like, what's the profit margin? Most most like <laughs> overwhelmingly most of the income and it's like oh yeah. wow okay well you know i'm in a 10% margin business or a 20% margin business 70 80 sounds sounds pretty cool what have you seen among you know folks that are is okay is there like a common denominator cuz i see this in real estate all the time like is there a common denominator of someone that's successful putting this business together and getting out there um, is is it a tech understanding? Is it a certain you know charisma on the camera, or is it a combination of these things? Like you've seen enough of this stuff to kind of know, you know what works and what doesn't. What what makes a successful person out there creating content? I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's a combination. Um, it's a skill stack. But at the end of the day, the the, the key point there is that it's a skills. It's a stack of skills and skills can be learned, yeah. right? Where most people, there's a, actually, you, you said, is there a common, you know, pattern of success? One of my favorite like articles is the common denominator of success. You can go look it up on Google. Anybody can read it. And it talks about what, what is the number one, I think it interviewed like a thousand salespeople or something like that. And it was, what is the common denominator of the most successful people in 
any arena. And it's the people who are willing to do what the other people aren't. Love it. That is the common denominator of success. And the thing about it is like, I look at people who have phenomenal skills at a base level. They're incredible communicators, but the, uh, the common reason they fail is because there's a skill they're not willing to accept that they suck at and go and learn. Yep. I see that in the education world more. That is the number one reason for failure. It's someone who's like, I love shooting videos and I love being on camera and talking. I love doing live streams and talking to my group, but man, I just don't want to build a website. I don't want to use this, this drag and drop website builder right here or these templates that you've created for us. I just, it just drives me crazy. And it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe your coding and WYSIWYG uh, website builder skill is, is, you know, a hundred times worse than this other person who can do it really fast. But guess what? If you put an extra day into it, when it takes him one day, you put two days into it, you still get the same result yeah. and you can succeed with it. But it's that person who's not willing to put that extra day in that fails. And it's the person who's willing to just be uh, honest with themselves about where their skills are at today and learn the next skill in the pipeline for them to, to finally get traction ultimately with that business that, that ends up winning. I feel like that's the case in every business, but um, skill stacks that matter specifically to online education, definitely ability to write copy, compelling copywriting, uh, compelling marketing, uh, strong business strategy mindset. That's a big part of courses. Cause like at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's a noisy world out there and you have to sure. figure out how to make your noise, your noise cut through and connect with people. Um, you got to learn how to present in a, in a way that people believe on camera, right? A lot of people are either too much on one side of the spectrum or the other, where it's like, that's way unbelievable. No one's, no one's going to trust you because you just sound kind of crazy. And then there's the person who no one's even going to listen to because you're just so boring. You yep. know, it's like, it's like monotone, quiet, just, you know, not exciting. And so you have to find this really sweet spot there. Um, and then uh, all the skills that go along with tech, you know, building a little website and a funnel and the business strategy stuff like we talked about. Yeah, love it. That's a great overview. That's a great overview of the, of, of the pieces there that that kind of go into that. Um, I, I want to, well, thank you for the, for the overview. And again, congratulations on, you know, I, I just love hearing an entrepreneur story that, um, somebody that's, that sticks out long enough to find the thing that is for them and to make it happen and have success at it. I, that's probably my favorite part of doing podcasts is getting to hear those stories. Um, if you would indulge me though, you talked earlier a little bit about, okay, you've got a, you've got a capital generation machine here. You got your living expenses covered and then some, and then, you know, the, the prudent thing to do there is deploy that capital, um, what are, you know, we talk a lot about real estate on the show, but what are some of your vehicles and choices for deploying that excess capital that's not going to lifestyle or, or growing your, your core business? And how do you, how do you approach that? Yeah. For, for things when, when capital starts to stack up beyond what we, we have a need for in our existing business, we're, we're typically, um, looking to put it as a, I've done a lot of different types of investments, um, uh, not as many as, you know, most, most people who've been an investor since they were kids. But for, for me, I started just two and a half years ago with investing. So it cool. hasn't been a long journey. Yep. Um, I've done single family, some triple net stuff. We did 
um, you know, a little bit of multifamily. We've done some short-term rentals. We've done car washes. And of everything I've seen so far for the person who's in my situation, which is, again, you got a cash vehicle, you're worried about taxes, and you got a really strong marketing background. My favorite vehicle at the moment is buying uh, car washes with first with with more like where I'm buying the real estate and the business. Yeah. And um, primary reason for that is it's a, it's a very automated business. Um, the depreciation uh, is essentially you can front load a car wash depreciation wise a hundred percent other than the land because it's 15 year equipment, almost all of it. And there's a section of the tax code where you can actually include the business value in that as well. Or, oh, um, interesting. Build, building value in that. I don't so know. That. Depre- it's cool. Your depreciation is through the roof on car washes. That's why the depreciation on funds with like express tunnel car washes are, it's like the best you can get right now. Yeah. Um, it's also why prices for things in the car wash industry have quadrupled, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. The word's <laughs> you know, out. The word is out. Um, but I love car washes right now. We, uh, we're, we're actively buying those uh, with excess cash we've got. And then short-term rentals are great too. That that's I wouldn't say that's a smarter investment choice. I would say that's more of a lifestyle thing. Again, like mm-hmm. my business partners and I enjoy having some fun places we can go and host live events at for our totally. business. So it's kind of side saddle there. And um, with our marketing background, again, we're able to do some pretty serious damage as far as getting the word out about our short-term rentals and getting organic bookings and so on. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing is a superpower. That's for sure. For any business kind of on that note, and I think we can kind of wrap up with this concept, but if somebody's listening and they're, you know, I kind of think maybe the audience for this podcast is like aspiring entrepreneurs, maybe real estate entrepreneurs, maybe they want to go out and buy and run real estate, or maybe prospective passive investors. They've got capital. They want to put capital in deals. But for that person that has got a business, and I'll say it's a real estate business, but kind of, I guess, any small business person, and they want to get, they they know they need to be do, doing better marketing. Um, what, do you, what do you say to that person? What, what's, what should their next step be? You know, they've got something up and running. It's, it's doing, it's, it's successful, but it could, it could use a marketing boost. What do you, what do you say to that person? And maybe that's not a fair question because it's too vague, but curious to get your thoughts on it. I, I like to think of things as like, a, how can we simplify this as much as possible? Like most yep. business owners overcomplicate uh, damn near everything. And so yep. how can we, um, how can we simplify it to the point where we say, if I were to ask you the question, what is, what is the straightest line to a large group of your customers? You know, what is straightest line to a large group of your customers? If you're thinking Beautiful. about creating content for TikTok and Facebook, but your customers are, you know, you're trying, you're trying to raise, raise capital for your apartment syndications. I don't know if a TikTok channel is a straightest line to uh, getting in front of a group of those guys. You know, a, a better straight line would be probably just joining a mastermind of wealthy individuals, going to the mastermind event and making introductions right there. And that is marketing, my friends. Marketing yep. is getting you is the is how do you generate sales opportunities? That's the purpose of marketing. Get sales opportunities into your business, um, and so. Yeah, whatever you can do to find the straightest line from where you are now to where your customers are, that's the marketing channel I would start with. And I would become, it only takes one 
successful marketing channel that you can rinse and repeat to 10x, 50x most businesses. Most businesses have not pushed the lever to the floor and pushed the gas pedal down all the way to on, on any one marketing channel, yet they're diversifying into 50. And that's not really the, the best way to do it. I'd much rather be the best in the world at one channel. Um, that's the straightest line to my customers than anything else. I love it. Great answer and and simple. So you're, you're taking your own advice there, not overcomplicating that, but I, I love it. It's certainly easy to get overwhelmed with the amount of options that we have, especially like as self-publishers these days, right? Double-edged yeah. sword, ton of options, but then a sea of decisions to to wade through. So I love it. Well, Paul, thank you very much for for sharing your story. I appreciate that. If somebody listening is interested in creating content, stepping up their marketing, connecting with you and kind of your universe that you built here, um, what's the best avenue for them? If you want to go through any of our, our programs, sort of check us out, see what it looks like, see what an education business that's, that's actually like that's doing this at a, at a you know decent level of scale looks like, just go check out contentcreator.com. Um, we've got a variety of programs on there that can help you with becoming a better content creator and then even building a business off of that skill, whether it's course creation, building an online empire through education, uh, building a video agency if you want to. Um, and uh, yeah, both, any, any business that can generate some extra cash, especially for your audience, which I imagine is a lot of investors and people interested in you know uh, syndicating or investing and things like that. Um, like you said, I don't know if you said it when we started the podcast or before we were just chatting, but if you if you have the skill set of content creation, um, really is a, uh, and mar it's basically, that's what marketing is, right? Marketing these days, if you can create some really good content for an audience and, and build a collective around it, uh, you can 10X your income pretty darn quickly. So uh, I, I highly recommend it for pretty much anybody these days. I love it. Yeah, the tools are there. It's more just about the willingness to kind of stack those those skill sets together, like you said. I love it. Well, Paul, thank you. We're going to link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can just scroll through and click click through and check out everything on offer there. And um, good hearing your story, man. Thanks so much and wish you guys uh, continued success. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. All right. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to DJETexas.com.